So here's basically what happened was uh, last year um, I decided I would like usually I try to see a lot of movies. Um, but then last year I decided to see literally as many movies as I possibly could and new movies that were coming out in theaters. And I kept the list of every movie I saw. And that is what we're going to talk about right now. Um, let me just make sure I have. Just for anyone, um, what we decided on before we started recording was that Tyler is going to go through these 20. And then if there's any in there that I saw, then I'll pipe up and we can have a discussion about it. Otherwise, yeah. I, I might just ask the odd question that people might want to hear asked or per, I personally just want to ask yeah. about them. And we'll, we'll just see where it goes, really. There, there's no formula for this. There's no template. Yeah. It is literally just... It, it's a BS podcast. Anything goes. Yeah. We could argue for 20 minutes over like the tiniest little detail. And uh, thankfully... Uh... <laughs> The Fantastic Four movie that came out last year is just out of reach of being in this lineup, <laughs> so we don't have to keep talking about No, that. I mean, here's, here's the thing, Tyler. Fantastic Four, I will not even bother playing Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad movie, but it's got real it pacing issues out, in the third It starts out good act. and then completely just falls yeah. the fuck apart yeah. at the end. I, I think you, you can identify the exact frame where... Everybody who was connected to the project's heart died, basically, like, cracked in half. Yeah, it's the part when it says, <laughs> when it jumps into the future. Yeah. It says, oh, like, three weeks later, whatever. I don't remember. But that's the moment when the movie, everything past that moment's bad. Pretty much. Okay. Okay, so here we go. So, I saw 109 movies last year. Good lord. I wanted to make it 110 even. I have movies that I still haven't watched that I'm going to probably add to this list, but um, I, I'll just throw it in if we... if if I'm sure, because it won't be in the bottom 20 if I watch something else. It'll be like a good movie I missed last year. So it'll be later on the list, so I'll just throw it in if it happens. But mm. 109 movies from last year that I saw. Uh, basically, if I was able to see it and I had time to see it, I would go see something even if I didn't think it was going to be good. Uh, which is why I truly saw some of the worst movies that came out this year. So this bottom 20 is bad. <laughs> okay, here we go. We're going to start off with possibly the worst movie I've ever seen, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Did a sequel really need to be made to this movie? Oh, no, they didn't even need to make the first one. <laughs> but that didn't stop them from making it and making this one. That's a shame. Um, I like the Kevin le- Hart. This is the weird thing. What? Kevin Hart? No. Wait, Kevin Hart or Kevin... Uh, what's his name? Who's the guy that's in the movie? Kevin... Was it not Hart? No, Kevin Hart is uh, black. I'm doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I getting him confused with? It's Kevin something, isn't it? Because he got in really good shape for an MMA... Um, movie that he did, like he was in it terrific shape, considering that the guy is is well known as being kind of like jovial fat man comedian. Kevin James. Kevin James. I apologise to Kevin Hart and Kevin James for getting them mixed up. I do this late at night when I'm drunk and have no idea what I'm talking about. And my By apologies way. to Matthew Vaughn and Matt Reeves. Um, 
I mean, I'm not the worst on this list. Um, you know, funnily enough, uh, quick aside about Kevin Hart, I saw the trailer for his new movie with The Rock today, oh, yeah. and it has the best tagline that oh, it's I've seen. Fantastic. A, with a little heart and a big Johnson. So good. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I love it. Uh, so yeah, um, this movie was like it's it's terrible. Yeah. And like terrible in a way that like even other Adam Sandler movies I've seen are bad, aren't as bad as this I think because this movie specifically has a character who I should like because I've seen him in a movie before, and he is the worst. He's like such a shithead. Is like such a shitty person in this movie <laughs> that I couldn't fucking stand him. Yeah. And so I already like it's already a poorly made movie, but on top of that, the lead character is appallingly bad. Mm. He's a shitty person to his daughter. He's a shitty person to other people that are around him. And I have like no desire to see him succeed in whatever the plot was. Cause I can't, I honestly don't remember. It was in Vegas and I don't remember. I remember there was one scene that made me laugh, but it's been almost a year now since I've seen it. Do so. you know what? A, a broken clock is right twice a day and a shitty movie can still make you laugh once. So true. Um, so yeah, the less that's said about that movie, the better. It truly is like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Let us move on. Um, number, uh, 108 on my list is The Loft. Never even heard of it. What is this? Yeah. So The Loft is a movie. Good. Um, Good start. Have you ever heard of the movie, uh, The Apartment? Yes, I have heard of it. Okay, so this is like, um... If David Lynch made the apartment, um, and I mean that not in, uh, and that's not fair to uh, David Lynch because no. it would have been a good movie. Um, so this is um, an American Belgium erotic mystery film. Good lord! Uh, the guy who directed it, I guess, is Belgian, and it um, is a remake of a Belgian film. Okay. And I don't. I think there's another one on this list we'll talk about tonight. Is is that Maybe the sequel night. to a Serbian film or? Um. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? If you don't this know is... what the Ser- a Serbian film is, then you don't need to know. Just never watch it. Promise me. I sounds good to me. I've never so watched this it. Is, it's horrible. This this movie is. Um, there is another movie on my list that's uh, that we'll talk about today that is a remake of a movie that actually was like I think might have won the Academy Award for best foreign film and the remake the American remake is garbage. Oh, so good. it's one of those things <laughs> where sometimes these things just don't work out. Hmm. Um, so this movie is it stars Carl Urban, uh, Wentworth Miller, James Marsden, holy uh, shit, and Eric Stone Street. This is a great cast. It is. It's a really good cast. Okay. And they're all... It, everyone except Carl Urban is terrible in it. Oh, um, man. Carl Urban's fucking awesome in it. It's This is a movie that it's so bad. Everything about it's terrible. And yet, I'm still watching it like I could fucking watch Carl Urban do anything. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> and there's just something about him, like, as a person. Like, I just... He's so easy to watch do stuff. Hmm. I loved it. Yeah. So he's... Uh, basically, the the plot of this movie is that Carl Urban, Wentworth Miller, James Marsden, Eric Stone Street are men um, who um, get a apartment building 
something that they could use to cheat on their wives. Oh, and, shit, I um, have seen this. Yes. Oh, my God, I did see this last year. Oh, Jesus, this was bad. You saw it? I saw, like, 20 minutes of it okay, on TV, yeah. and I just gave up immediately. It's terrible. I only and... realised Carl Urban and um, Wentworth Miller when it were in it. I didn't realise the other two guys were in it, because it was... I Literally, I turned off before they even made an appearance. Yeah. Good it's... God, this was it's... awful. It's really bad. And so, like, what happens is this movie has these guys... They, they have this apartment, they cheat on their wives, and then a woman is she gets dead murdered. there. Yeah. The and then the movie is them flashing back and you telling the story. And then, like, it, the concept's interesting. The problem is the movie is ridiculous. And the twists and turns that happen throughout the movie make no, no sense um, and are occasionally... It's like, okay, so... <laughs> The one, the big thing is Wentworth Miller's character is kind of like weird, and he's the only one who's actually never used the apartment to cheat on somebody. Right. Um, and he like records everybody, <laughs> and then like he for some reason just has a vendetta against one of them and frames them for murder. And I, I honestly remember watching it and being like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, his motives don't make any sense. It seems like he just decided that it was time for him to try to blackmail one of his friends um, with murder. Um, it's terrible. But it's one of those things where, like, even though I like everybody who's in the, like, lead cast, um, Wentworth Miller is weird because sometimes he just goes, like, like, I, I said this about Legends of Tomorrow. I feel like I only watched the first episode, but he's, like, really out there with his performance. Yeah. This, he, is, he, this is another one that's, like, he's completely unhinged from a person at moments. Yeah, it, I, I've seen him in a few things, and this is, <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow is the only thing where he... Well, I mean, that and Flash, because that's where this character originated. Captain mm -hmm. Cold is such a strange character, just the way he delivers his lines... And I really like it because it's just so over the top comic booky, but at the same time, it's just—I don't, I don't know—I I can't criticize that performance. It's very yeah, strange. No, it's weird. It's not terrible. It's no, just... no, it's just different, and and it yeah. fits the um the, the program that he's in. You know, like if he did that, if he put in a performance like that in Prison Break, that show would not got on past a, a single season right. uh, but it just works in the flash uh, he made such a fantastic basically he's just having so much fun on that show um, yeah and, and he's good luck to him because you know he's had yeah. some real trouble uh, in his career and in his personal life uh, he, he, I think he's had depression yeah. issues he put a, a, a message out on Facebook recently regarding I think it was Lad Bible had put a picture out that um, and this was a while ago now where he was um, a bit overweight and this was during a period in his life where he was suffering with depression um, and you know he, he, he comes across as a really nice guy and yeah. I always love to see nice people doing well for themselves and there's a movie that we're going to talk about at the end of this list um, that has somebody who is actually doing some some really bizarre acting choices <laughs> um, that doesn't even touch him. Especially oh, there's a few moments where he's restrained in this movie. But, yeah. uh, man, uh, this other guy, we'll get there. Um, next is The Gunman. 
starring Sean Penn. This is movie number 107. I nearly watched this recently. I believe it's on Netflix at the moment. Um, don't. (laughs) Okay. It's, it's really not good. And it's like, (laughs) not good in a way that like, I didn't have, what's kind of nice about these movies specifically that I'm kind of going over these like bottom barrel ones is that I think that this is a very, very good, like, I'll rant and rave about Apocalypse having a lot of plot holes and things I didn't like about it, um, but I wouldn't put it this low on my list, you know, because it's not a really no, a bad movie. No, I just no, no, I, I found plot, Apocalypse very enjoyable right. for, for all of the stick that we gave it. I, th- right. yeah, I think yeah, you, yeah. Can, we, you can I criticize a movie it. a lot. It, was a, it yeah. was a fun movie. It just had some issues. And yeah, yeah. Batman versus Superman, as oh, much as I talked about, I didn't go. like that movie. Wait, <laughs> let me finish my sentence. It's just such a well-worn topic. Go on, carry on, sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, there. if I were, if I'm making this list again, it's not at the very bottom of my list even already, because when I watched it the second time, I think I told you this, I took a, a really well-timed break to the lobby mm. and came back ready to go for the next, like, it, it almost reached, like, that bad it's good for me, where, like, I was like, this movie's not good, but I'm kind of having fun at how not good it is. It's weird. Yeah. But it's also not, like, it has good moments, too, at the same time. So it's, like, one of those weird things where it's, like, the bad stuff is actually kind of entertaining, yeah. and the good stuff is also entertaining. Mm-hmm. So it's almost an okay movie, even though it's just, like, it's kind of, a, it's, like, not, it doesn't work. Yeah, I tell but you what I am. I tell you what I am really looking forward to having seen the trailer for it. That extended cut, not because I think it's gonna make a lot of people change their opinion of the movie, because I, yeah. I honestly don't think it will. But for me, seeing extra scenes which can pad out a lot of what I saw and some of the things which maybe weren't explained as well as they could have been, that's gonna be fun. I, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy that. I think. Okay, so anyways, back yeah, to sorry. what we're actually talking about. Um, Sean you Penn, brought it up. <laughs> I know, no, no, I know, I know. It's, I'm not, I'm not the one that uh, gets to throw stones. I don't know. Um, uh, anyways, we're both living so, in a glass house. I don't, exactly. I don't think we need to worry about stones being thrown. So, um, so the gunman is a movie where the plot is. Uh, the only person who would be interested in what's happening in the gunman is Sean Penn. Yeah. Like, it's the story is all about, like, some actual assassin. Like, um, okay, here's what happens. The film is about Jim Terrier, played by Sean Penn, a mercenary who assassinates the Minister of Mining of the the Democratic Republic of Congo in 2006 on the orders of multinational mining companies. Wow. Yeah, does that not sound like the most boring sentence ever written? I mean, here's um, the thing. Like, even with that, you could turn that into a very fun movie about him trying to evade government forces. Yeah, but this movie's or not fun. It's very serious. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, from my point of view, as someone that hasn't seen it and will never watch it now that you've told me it's not worth watching, um, there are many assassination movies. Um, a couple of them I've seen recently uh, with Pierce Brosnan. The November Man is a very good one where it takes a very kind of boring subject and it makes it into a very engaging and interesting film. Yeah. This is this not, isn't one of they them. don't do that. <laughs> it would have been cool if they did. That, yeah. like, they, that would have been a good idea. If They should have been like, hey, we should take this boring thing. Hey, and we make should it make fun. this interesting. <laughs> we should make this movie interesting. What do you think? Nah, never uh, so. <laughs> nah, let's just keep doing it the way we're doing it, which yeah. is bad. Let's just make it um, earnest. 
it, it it is a complete waste of Idris Alba. He is in it for three minutes, I think. Oh, really? Got it. Like a complete waste of him. Um, well, at least he got paid. I would yeah. assume. I don't know if he got paid actually. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe he didn't. Who knows? This could be like a TNA situation. Um, could be. Food sense. Um, Academy Award winner Mark Rylance, who made a movie this same year to get him an Academy Award, is also in this. Um, oh, dear. Javier Bardem, another high level. These are people, these what actors are good. The They're given nothing to do. All of and, these movies have got great casts. Yeah. And it just goes to show, and we're, we're not done, because that's a theme in these movies. It's just because oh. you have a good cast does not mean you have a good movie. And Oh, man. Does um, nobody read the script anymore? My favorite part of this movie is there's a scene at the end where, like, every, like he can't trust anyone, and he's, like, being followed by this guy, and this lady, like, bumps into him, and he realizes that she's going to drug him, so he, shoot, so he, Sean Penn punches her in the face. <laughs> so funny. Um... And yeah, the, I'm trying to remember the details. It's a complete mess. Um, yeah, it's not good. Uh, and if you don't like Sean Penn, you definitely won't like this. Oh, okay, man. the next movie is the <laughs> following. Uh, this is another movie that starts with the and then a G and then G G word. <laughs> the Gallows. Um, hmm. So this movie is a found footage horror film. Um, the concept of it. I think is interesting. It's essentially about um, a group of kids who um, basically go to, um, they basically end up at night in their school, in the theater of their school. Like they're in the drama department and there's a ghost there that is terrorizing them because in by far the best part of the whole movie, the movie starts with, um, there's this movie, or the there, there's a play called The Gallows. It's about somebody getting hung in The Gallows, and that's mm. the end of the of the uh, play. And the movie begins. It's a found footage movie. It begins with um, a recording of the high school's production in 1993, where the prop malfunctions and the kid actually gets hung on stage. Oh shit! Okay. And it's a really well done. It feels real. Um. Then it goes to 20 years later and um, it is – it has these – the most infuriatingly awful main characters <laughs> I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, the guy who's holding the camera is a complete shithead and has um, – there's no reason why I want to see him around anymore. And that's kind of this overarching theme is that um, – this is – I'm going to sp- straight up spoil this movie for you. Um I don't know any of the characters' names, but there is the people who basically this guy is a jock. He's on the football team, and he is he has to. It's like mandatory that you have to do the play, but at the same time, he's like embarrassed that he's in the play and he's not good in the play, and he's like everyone's gonna make fun of me because I'm bad, despite the fact that it's mandatory to be in drama. So nobody should have a reason to make fun of him because everybody has to do it at some point, you know. Hmm. Um, and so he kind of is digging the girl that's playing the female lead that he has a lot of scenes with. They're like in a relationship and he actually kind of likes her, even though she's a nerdy drama girl. And, um, his best friend who's working on stage crew is the guy who holds the camera. He's a total shitty person. He is also on the football team. Uh, and he's dating this cheerleading chick and, 
um, the guy with the camera's idea is, hey, I found the door. Because he play like, this kid plays a prank. He, he like, the the guy with the camera, like, throws a football at this, like, kid who's on the stage crew and, like, hits him. And then, like, as a revenge, the kid plays, like, a pretty clever prank on him. It's, like, not, it's not even that big of a deal. It's just, like, a, a funny, cute prank. Yeah. And, and he's like, yeah, I got you back. And then, like, the guy freaks out on him and, like, chases it down. He finds out that there's a door that doesn't lock to the auditorium. So he says, let's come back here tonight and we'll destroy the set so that we can't do the play. Uh, which is stupidly the play that 20 years ago a kid died doing, right? So that's already, like, not a good – they shouldn't be doing the play. But that's all revealed later on, too. Um, so then they go and they lock themselves into the auditorium. They um, start to sabotage it, and then they find uh, that the the one cute drama girl that the guy likes is there. Um and he doesn't want to, like, admit that he was doing that. And then the ghost shows up and starts, like, attacking them. And they realize that they're locked in the school. And they um, – there's some really creepy stuff that happens. But at this point, um, there's only one – there's two sympathetic characters, which is the the kid who um, is not holding the camera, the other guy, and then the girl who's in the drama – club um the other two are not sympathetic at all um eventually they both die i think there's one interesting moment where um one of the the guy with the camera they get two cameras i think at one point and like the one guy gets stuck behind the door and then he gets killed and then the movie shows like you hear it from behind the door and then the movie like flashes back and shows you everything that happened from his camera oh nice um but then what happens is at the end of this movie, um, the guy who has been good the whole time and has actually not done anything wrong um, is sacrificed and killed by the drama girl who is the daughter of the guy who got killed originally because um, he, her mom was dating the guy who died because he wasn't supposed to do it. It was supposed to be this kid's dad. <laughs> and so she's like evil and also the spirit's real and they're like her and her mom are like possessed by this evil spirit and like are not like possessed but like are evil and wanted to kill this kid and it makes no fucking sense <laughs> no, it really it's very difficult despite your best attempts it's very difficult right. for me to keep track of what the hell was going oh, on yeah, there it doesn't make any sense and then it's like basically the way the movie ends it's, it's like okay so the only person who there, there's only one person at the end of the day who was a decent person because they're all bad except and for that kid and he dies for no reason and he didn't do anything wrong at all. Yeah. Oh, and wow. it's like one of those things where it's like it doesn't work in a oh I guess it's that's just the breaks. It's one of those things where it's like uh, it's just that dumb story that doesn't work and it's very convoluted doesn't make any sense yeah it's Uh, just infuriating because of the fact that you i don't know it's like i i don't mind um negative endings Mm -hmm. you know i i think there is if they if it makes sense yeah yeah there there is there are some movies that do a really good job of that and i've spoken about that on um erie international a couple of times uh, about the fact that there are, are some movies out there that i've seen that have got kind of like twist endings where you you know, you start off saying kind of like, 
oh, you know, the, the, there was twins and one of them was evil and one of them was good, but they had a fight and the good one won in the end. And then there's a visual cue at the very end that basically says, no, he didn't. Yeah, and it was yeah. the bad, it was, you know, it was the evil twin. Um, it's a trope that happens so many times. In yeah, a lot of but movies. it's an enjoyable, it it's an enjoyable trope if it's done correctly. But there are so many movies that just don't really do it right. Or they just use a really cheap uh, twist just to get an extra kind of rise out of the the crowd. It just mm-hmm. yeah, it it doesn't really do anything for me when they do that. And so this is, by the way, this is the first of I think. Hold on, let me see how many I have on here because this one might be. Yep. Okay. So this is one of. One, two, three, four, maybe five um, Blumhouse movies on my list that are in that we're going to talk about this episode in the bottom twenty. Um, Blumhouse is this production company that they specialize in um, very low budget horror movies hmm. um, that they can use to this. This movie grossed forty three million dollars. Its budget was one hundred thousand. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, so it made bank, and it didn't even do that well. Yeah, and it made a ton of money, and that's their thing that they're so good at. And it's also it kind of bites them in the ass later on, and we'll get there. And it's funny, but um, but the, my big problem that I soured on, especially seeing they released a shit ton of movies this year, and most of them were bad, and they were also all the same. So, um. $400,000, this movie does some interesting things, but it's not a good movie. Um, number 105 on my list is Mordecai, uh, is the Johnny Depp movie where he's um, got a mustache, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like a uh, in private investigator or something. He's rich. Um, I This was actually just a fun fact. This is the first movie I saw for free um, after I got my job at the movie theater. Um, it's bad and like not the worst movie. It's like fine. Like it's just it's just bad. <laughs> it's hard to explain. And I'm trying to, and it's bad in a way that I'm like really struggling to remember. Here's the one thing I remember about this movie. There is a scene that is shot in the same location that a scene in Fast and the Furious Six was shot. You know, they shot that in London, right? Yeah. There's like a garage that's in Fast and Furious 8 that's also in this movie. And it's the only thing I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's about art or something. I don't know. It's bad. We're going to move on. Uh, 104 is Home, mm-hmm. which is the DreamWorks animated movie. Oh, yeah. I remember this coming out. I never watched it because it looked really piss poor. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. It's really terrible. And... Um, it's, it's the biggest problem with this movie is that its leads are Jim Parsons and Rihanna. <laughs> hmm. no, and so I... Jim Parsons is doing his, his nerd shtick playing this weird out there alien character, um, named O and, um, Rihanna is playing a little girl who... Basically, um, O's planet has 
invaded Earth and moved all the people to like one location and have just taken over our world um, completely at the beginning of the movie. And Rihanna's character is this little girl who's um, still in the city. She didn't get taken away with everybody else, and she's like still in the city trying to be avoided from the aliens. And um, eventually she and O team up, and uh, those two characters – it's one of those like it's – like it's like a buddy – buddy cop film, right? Except they're not cops and they're they're together on a road trip buddy movie. Except n- n- there is never a point along the way where I feel like these two even remotely like each other. Mm. And yet when you get to that second act, oh, we actually love each other. We need to stick together and like we have emotion for each other. It doesn't make any sense because they never did anything to build to that. Yeah. Like these two are just constantly arguing and fighting and they never in never a way that they seem to like each other and yet their relationship is supposed to be the driving point of it. Hmm. Um, so it's dumb. It's silly, childish, bad <sighs> moving on. <laughs> uh, number one Oh three is Jupiter ascending. Oh yes. <laughs> Didn't um, see this. No, yeah. no intent on seeing it either. Uh, it is such a, a mess of a movie. Um, the Wachowskis still, I think they, did, I, I can't explain it. I don't know if they just seem to have knocked it out of the part with the matrix and, and kind of have struggled to like find a foothold since then. Um, they're not bad filmmakers. I think that they were bad. They don't have bad ideas. I think that just something is not clicking. Um, the way it did with the matrix, they're still getting a ton of money for their movies. Um, I'm fine with Channing Tatum and, um, what's her name? Oh, um, (laughs) Oh, I can't remember her name. I know exactly who you mean. Yeah. Uh, family Uh, guy. Yep. It's completely gone. I can't, I can't think what her name is. One second, I'm going to look at a picture of her and hope that that jogs my memory. Mila Kunis. Yes, that's right, yes. I said to look at a picture of her and remember her name. Uh, Mila Kunis, as the leads of this movie, is fine. The problem is it's just like a complete mess and hodgepodge and all over the place and doesn't make any sense. And Academy Award winner. (laughs) Another movie with him in it. Um, Or an Academy Award winner in it. Um, Eddie Redmayne is so over the top and ridiculous in this movie completely ungrounded and it's one of those things where you watch his performance in this and you're like how did this guy win an Oscar mm-hmm. like it doesn't make any sense because he's not good in it at all I, I think um, some movies can be good indicators of the fact that directors can get bad performances out of yeah. actors as much as they can get good ones and it's exactly. not necessarily the you know if you've seen an actor be fantastic in something then seen them be bad in something normally the indication would be that they are a good actor who was given bad direction Mm -hmm. and with this movie it is so like it's just all over the place I'm not really sure what the story is trying to be (laughs) you have these three this intergalactic like royalty family and um, they're they're three siblings who are fighting over earth because they mine people from earth to make them stay young Mila Kunis is actually the um, the 
uh, reincarnated version of their mom. So she has stake in it, but she doesn't remember anything about that at all. Mm. So it's not a part of her life. And Channing Tatum's like um, a dog person with roller skates. What I and... love about this movie, having not seen it, and that is a big disclaimer, is mm. the fact that what I did watch a year or two ago now was the Annie remake. And <laughs> yeah. they take the royal piss out of movies exactly like this. Um, I don't know if you saw the Annie remake at all, Tyler. No, um, I didn't get a chance to. I wanted to, I just didn't get it. It's, it's it. worth watching. It's a, it's a fun movie. Like it's, it's not anything to write home about, but it's good fun. Um, it's got some good laughs in it. They have this whole thing where um, there's like a, a movie that they're making um, and, and they, they go to like the premiere of it. I can't remember the name of it, but it basically the idea of it is that there's like a um, there there's a a princess played by Mila Kunis who is born on Earth but actually belongs to some <laughs> alien civilization, and her boyfriend is like part animal, part human, and I genuinely think that they that might have exactly been taking the Jupiter piss. That is exactly Jupiter Ascending. That's like yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, I, I honestly think they were taking the right royal piss out of um, out of that movie. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> honestly, I, I, it must have come out last year, the um, the remake of Annie. It, it must have done. You know what? I think it, honestly, Jupiter Ascending got pushed back a year. So it could have been. So Annie came out in December 2014, which would have been after Jupiter Ascending came out. Yeah. It ended up coming out before it was released. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Very possible. It's worth and looking up. I like up. to think that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes more sense. That it seems like, how do you contrive that? Uh, anyways, um, this movie's uh, the next one is uh, number 102. It's Hitman Agent 47. Um, I literally don't remember anything about this movie. Um at all. <laughs> so hmm. we could probably push past it because I legitimately, I don't remember what the plot is uh, really. Yeah. I, I mean, remember a... There's, a, there's a girl and she's also going to be in, she can be an agent or something. I don't know. Yeah. that That's a shame because um, I really want one of the Hitman films to work out because I'm a big fan of the, the franchise and it seems like such an easy oh. fit for for a movie, but somehow they always get it royally wrong. See, I think the problem is you have to really try, and I feel like whoever has the rights isn't good at that. They're just like, let's just put a movie together. Yeah. If they were going to really make a good Hitman movie, hmm. they should cast, uh, or they should not cast, they should hire the people who made John Wick. Oh, fuck yes. Because that would be a, that's fucking great. That's already what John Wick mm, is, and I yeah. feel like if you took that and made a Hitman movie, that would be mm -hmm. fantastic. I mean, the um, the last one, the the one that you saw, uh, Agent Forty Seven, I believe I heard an interview with the guy that wrote it, and he say he sounded like he got it, like he knew the franchise, he understood what made it good, but th obviously there was some kind of disconnect between yeah. writing it and it going on film that just well, didn't exactly. Work out. I think. We, I know uh, friends of the show and stuff like that have like criticized my um, my my following of Max Landis on Twitter because he's a very polarizing figure. But <laughs> one of the things that he's right about that he talks about a lot, very transparently, is how um, how often 
just because you wrote a movie doesn't always necessarily mean that what your vision is uh, it ends up on, on the on the final table. He, yeah. His one movie, American Ultra, is a really good example of that because in his script, you can tell just based on the dialogue that there's supposed to be a lot more people in the background of all these scenes. Like there's, it's supposed to be a town plunged into chaos. Instead, you never see anybody else. Hmm. So you hear news reports and it's like, oh, everyone's going crazy. Nobody knows what's going on, but you never see it. And it's like one of those things where I just feel like whoever directed it didn't get that. And then also his script could have been changed a lot along the way. Like you, it, it's one of those things where the guy who wrote it, maybe he wrote a really good hitman script. And then through the course of budgets and cause this movie probably didn't have a good budget cause they wanted to like make it for as cheap as possible. It mm. seemed like a money grab I, it, where the guy could have made a really great script. And then it just got ruined when they actually went to make the movie. It happens all the time. Um, but yeah, it's a shame because I like I don't just I just I don't remember anything about it. Um, Point Break is number one hundred one oh, on the list. This yeah. is the remake <laughs> of uh, Point Break in the loosest terms possible. Mm. This movie is nothing like Point Break. <laughs> Do, I've got a question for you because I didn't yeah. watch it myself. At some point, does the cop character roll over and fire his gun into the air? Oh man. Uh, Does he have a clear shot of the bad guy? Because <laughs> they need to do that in a remake of Point Blank. That's like the iconic scene. That's what they reference in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it's. I don't remember if he if, if he does. It's very like not. They didn't pay homage to the original oh, at all. It has nothing to do with sake. the original. I mean, why um, even call it Point Break at that point? They shouldn't have because. Yeah. It's Point Break in the original one. I think is a physical location, right? It's a beach. I think it's either a beach or it's the because it was based on surfer culture. Yeah, it could have been a reference to where the wave breaks. Yes, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So that is in this movie they spout some bullshit about you have to like push your adrenaline to the point where you break, and oh, it's so fucking sake. stupid. Um, the whereas in the first the first the original Point Break. The plot of it, they, these guys are surfers who also rob banks, and um, that's their deal. Is that they? He's Keanu Reeves' character, uh, Johnny Utah, is going to infiltrate this surfer gang that is committing crimes, and he's going to figure out what's going on. He realizes that he likes them, and he likes what they're for. He doesn't. He just knows that ultimately they're bad people, and he has to do something about it. Yeah. Um, in this movie. He, they're, they um, do extreme stunts and they're stealing the monies to just do it? Yeah. Because I think that they have a guy who funds all of their crazy extreme stuff and helps them rob banks. It seems like they just... But, but that's like... It doesn't make any sense. There's no motivation for any of the things that they do. I think the bad guys don't have a good motivation. They don't have yeah. a reason that they're doing anything. I mean, that they was that it. was kind of a weakness for, from memory because I haven't watched the original Point Break in many years now. But from what I remember of it, and we've established my memory of films isn't that great today, uh, they were just doing it for the adrenaline uh, kick. Like It was all about let, they're just doing it for the thrill of well, doing it. Here's the thing. That's not. It's 
these guys do things for the thrill of it, but the robbing stuff doesn't seem to be one of it. Like they, they do the robbing, but it seems to be completely inconsequential because they have a guy who funds them. Hmm. So they have a guy who bankrolls everything that they do. So they don't steal money. They just kind of do it. It doesn't make any sense. They just kind of do. It's like, why even, I don't understand why you're doing that. Cause yeah. they don't take the money and they don't need the money and they're not. It's just like, they're proving that they can do it. And that's the thrill for them is, he, is that they could do it. But... Right. And the guy is not like, it's important. It, it's like, it, it just doesn't work. Like it, so it, it doesn't not... make any sense. Yeah, I mean, but... If... The, the thing that the difference is that is the original Point Break is silly and ridiculous in a big way, and this movie takes itself so fucking seriously that it's a complete bore. It nothing mm. that happens in it seems like it's fun because it takes itself so seriously. It's like this is so important. Everything is so important and serious that. Any of the like nothing in the movie is, you know, hmm. it's it's like takes itself so seriously it's boring and seems to completely miss the point of Point Break. Yeah, um, which is that it's an action movie because <laughs> <laughs> there's no they do the extreme stunts but there's no like good action scenes and it. it's so boring. Um, number one hundred on the list is the Entourage movie. Yeah. Um, this one is it's just they they basically like condensed a unnecessary season of entourage into an hour and a half um <laughs> they pulled everyone in like for anyone they could get for cameos it's, uh the plot i don't even remember exactly what happened in it um it it happened it was there uh number 99 is another blumhouse picture movie and this one is the big stinker that kind of ruined their big year and it's gem in the holograms yeah <laughs> so as i said before blumhouse's pictures whole thing is that they make real low budget horror films and then they um release them and make a shit ton of money on them because they barely spend anything to make them and they're for an audience that will go out and see them no matter if they're good or not. They don't really mm. care. Um, and so then they got the bright idea to bankroll a gem in the holograms movie for who? I don't know. I don't know who. <laughs> well, obviously not for anyone. Holograms movie. Not for anyone that remembered the cartoon. That's from what I know of yeah. the movie. It seems to be aimed at children. Um, well, like or like thirteen year old, thirteen fourteen year old kids is like the X Factor generation, isn't it? Really, like that yeah. seems to be the 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 main demographic the that they're going And it is for them. Yet it's not because why would they know who Jim and Holograms is? They have no reason to know that franchise because it's been thirty years since mm. it happened. Uh, anybody who liked it as a, if you were a kid in the eighties, you're kids are probably too old to enjoy this. Like, I don't know who it's supposed to be aimed for. And they spent, I'm going to pull up the actual number just because I'm, I remember this failing so hard. Hold on. It did like Uh, single digits, thousands, didn't it? Hold on. It might have. Um, 
I want to say, like, I remember you mentioning it on an episode of Generation Animation, and I feel like it was, like, $6,000 or something. Uh, it might have been at, yeah, it, honestly, it might have been there. Let me see if I can find their opening re- weekend. Um... Yeah, okay. Um... It's, it was, um, it's opening, not opening weekend, Hmm. it's Thursday night previews, was $34,000. Oh, I was way off then. (laughs) So that is, but that that $34,000 was for the, was, across the nation, was a wide release. That means it only made $36 per theater. Jesus Christ. Yeah, on that opening night. And oh, my um hold on. Let me see if it has the opening weekend. It ended its um okay, so it was projected to make five million dollars this opening weekend. Um after that Thursday night preview of only thirty four thousand, they lowered it to three million. That's what they thought was going to be the opening weekend. Hmm. It opened 15th with $1.4 million. Um, And that is the fourth worst opening for a film ever to be in more than 2,000 theaters. And two weeks after it was released, Universal pulled it from theaters. Uh, It only made $2.2 million in the box office. Hmm. And its budget was $5 million. Well, that makes my prediction of $6,000... Very, very silly sounding. Right. But at the same time, it wasn't completely a terrible guess because 34000 for its opening weekend was terrible. Gem and the Holograms uh, was a complete bomb. And what's so funny is they're still in the clear because the the gallows alone, it cost them $100,000 to make it. It made like $43 million. Hmm. This movie, though, they spent $100,000 bankrolling gallows they spent five million dollars making this movie and it didn't even make that back so it was such a from a company whose whole thing is making money hand over fist they made the biggest blunder i think of 2015 spending that much money on a movie nobody wanted to see Mm. and oh man and they actually were that the weekend like the monday after this movie came out uh, Jordan Blum was at a um, press conference thing. Like he was doing, he was hosting a panel about how good he is at making money with movies, and he had to address this, like how stupid of a move this was to make this movie. Yeah. It was very funny, and he was like, "I thought for sure this was going to work," and I was like, "Why? <laughs> what made you think that this was a good idea?" Does, yeah. I don't get it. The thing is, I never like, thought it was a good idea with a company that has the the kind of um, rationale that they do you know where they spend so little money and um make so much in return they can absolutely afford once in a blue moon to take a hit like that you know mm-hmm. um it re- oh yeah they could definitely afford it yeah so yeah it's embarrassing uh but by the same token it it's not going to put them out of business you know not by a, a long chalk um, I I think that 
as long as he's happy to kind of deal with the embarrassment and use this as a learning experience. And hopefully this is a very important learning experience for him and for the company in general. If you're going to make a movie which is based on a property, and I think this is something that is borne out a lot by the superhero genre in the last few years, you have to make it something that the fans are going to be happy to accept. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it has to resemble in some way, shape or form as we were saying earlier, you don't have yeah. to follow it down to the letter, but it has to have some of the key elements in there because right. otherwise there's just you've got nothing to hold on to. Like, uh, was there the um, I forget the name of the robot, the hologram thing that? Yeah. Uh, was that at the end of the movie? Like, it was in the whole movie. It was in the whole movie. Yeah. Okay, so they did something right. It's just a shame that nothing else got its way into the movie. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is, there is no audience for this movie, like, to be faithful to. Like, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, mm. it's, I don't know who this was supposed to be for. Yeah, um, I mean, really, with something like this, maybe you're hoping that you can put out a couple of TV series beforehand, or, you know, that you've got, there's got to be something to build uh, people back up for it. Like, even, I know that there there is a... Um, a comic book series for Gem and the Holograms, which came out not too long after, or maybe at the same time as the movie did. Um, now, if that had been going for six months and it had got some good reviews and it had built up a small and loyal fan base, mm-hmm. the movie could have done better business. But mm-hmm. it would have needed good word of mouth, and that would have only happened if the movie was kind of faithful to the source material to some extent. And obviously, yeah. it really wasn't. Yeah, it was, like, faithful enough to make sense, but not in any meaningful way. Mm. Uh, Very, like, a surface level. Um, And then at the same time, like, who's it even for? And it's not even a good movie thereafter. So, uh, yeah, just a complete uh, Oh, well. Not a – didn't work. Learn from Uh, this Blumhouse. Yeah. uh, Number 98 is Pixels. Oh, the, shit. Yes, I've seen some of this. Uh, yeah, this is the Adam Sandler movie um, where he teams up with uh, Kevin Hart. Yes. And... <laughs> Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James. And, uh, this President movie was Kevin James. not as bad as Adam Sandler movies typically are. Um, Still wasn't great. No, and it, it's like, uh, I think it benefited from, it was it had a big budget and like, a high concept idea hmm. of going with this video game thing. Yeah, I mean, I and love Christopher the... Columbus is somebody who has made good movies in the past. He made the first two Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to work a big budget and he can direct actors fairly well. And so there are people who in an Adam Sandler movie like Kevin James would typically be pushed over the edge in maybe a bad way because, you know, you just do whatever you want in an Adam Sandler movie and nobody stops you, right? Um, I think everybody got reeled in enough and some of the stuff looked cool, so it it was fine. The reason why it's so low is because it's still an Adam Sandler movie and there's some really stupid shit in it and it's just so dumb. Hmm. But as far as Adam Sandler movies go, it's not as dumb as a lot of them. So it kind of gets away yeah. with it. I mean, I, it's competently made to a point. Yeah. But the script is garbage. There was there was some things about it that I did like. Uh, I think possibly because I'd seen the King of Kong uh, 
documentary yeah. a, a little while beforehand. Um, it played on that definitely with the whole relationship between Adam Sandler's character and um, oh, I'm terrible with names tonight. The uh, the guy that plays Tyrion in, in Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord of the Rings? What the hell? Uh, Game of Thrones. Um, the, the imp. Uh, whose name? Peter Dinklage. There we go. Yeah. Remembered it eventually. Um, like those two had had that fantastic um, kind of antagonistic relationship, and um, yeah, I did enjoy that. I also really enjoy the idea of aliens kind of intercepting uh, video game transmissions and using that as a basis for an invading fleet. Like that's a yeah. that's a cool idea. But you're right; it's just like the um, the the execution of the script and just the fact that it's an Adam Sandler movie and eventually it just ends up going straight in back into the same old bullshit of. You know, it's it, it's just what he does these days. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not a, a big fan um, of of his movies these days. Uh, I haven't watched any of his Netflix stuff so far. Uh, my brother-in-law did say that the latest Adam Sandler movie on Netflix, which released a week or so ago, isn't terrible. But I'm still not sure whether or not it's going to be good enough for me to give it the extra viewing figure. Yeah. I feel I'm like really it's it's sure. one of those things where it's um like it's different enough from an Adam Sandler movie where someone will probably be like, Well that was interesting mm. you know, but I don't I don't think it's gonna be good because he just doesn't make nothing he does now is good. This is Pixels is probably the best movie he's made in a while and it's still and not by good. Best, it's just it mean, fine. By best you mean it's kind of least bad. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. least bad. I mean it's better than anything I've made in the last few years. So I guess you know, from from that point of view That's true. You know, more power uh, to him well, and No, I are we saying that our podcasts are worse than Adam No, Sandler's? I mean I'm only judging like film content, so I haven't okay. made so any you decent. You haven't films. made a movie that is as good as No. Okay. No. And um, I'll hold my hands up to that one. Uh I am not <laughs> as a capable a filmmaker as Adam Sandler is at all. Okay, uh, the next movie on the list is uh, a movie that, for us specifically, um, I think it's a horror movie that rings pretty close to uh, something that we do every week. It's number 97, Unfriended. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is the horror movie that takes place over Skype. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hadn't heard too many bad things about this, but again, it just uh, it wasn't a movie that anyone really got behind or uh, I, praised. You know. Yeah, I gotta be honest, I feel like maybe, uh, like, there are probably worse movies on this list. Um, to me, uh, the problem with Unfriended is that it's just not there, but at the same time, actually effective in a lot of ways and funny in some moments in a way that I wasn't expecting. So mm. I think it's almost unfair that I have it this low, but there was something about it that just frustrated me <laughs> when I was watching it. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's, it maybe it's, it's another thing cause it's the same thing happens in the gallows at the end of this movie. Um, everyone, everyone's kind of shitty and everyone kind of pays a price for being shitty, except for somebody who at the end of the movie is, Oh, Here's the thing. Like, there is that. Like, somebody at the end of the movie hasn't really done anything wrong, I don't think. 
it's kind of hard to tell. I think that's a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but they get killed and it's like, well, did they even deserve this? The other thing is that Unfriended sets up a lot of rules for its movie and just breaks them periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I'm like, I don't know what is supposed to be going on in this movie. Cause a lot of like a good horror movie, um, I think needs to, even if you don't explain your rules to the audience, which this movie does, you need to at least set ground rules for yourself as a writer as to what will make the ghost kill you. How can the ghost kill you? Why is the, like, why is the ghost doing it? Why does this make sense? Even if you don't sit there and explain it to the audience, you need to at least know that when you're writing it. And this movie has a point where the character looks up like, Oh, what do I do in this situation? And, um, it doesn't matter because it doesn't apply by the rules that it explained, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, if you don't do this, you'll be okay. Or if you do this, you'll, it won't hurt you. And then it, the characters do it and it doesn't matter. So it's like, well, then why, why is, why verbally tell us that's a rule? If you're going to just break it, you need to like play with the, what you establish. I think so. It's like those things that kind of irked me enough when I was watching it to make me lower it. But at the same time, it's actually kind of effective uh, horror movie. I feel like if you watch it on a laptop, it's going to be legitimately terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um. Not so much on a big screen, though. Um. It, it kind of bugged me watching it, but at the same time, it's got some interesting moments. I think it also might take itself a little too seriously. I think if it was more funny. Because there are some jokes in it, and <laughs> then there's a subject that they take a little too seriously that is inherently funny, mm. and it's one of those things where it's like, if like I like you can't take that one thing that's kind of funny super serious, and then at the same time like make jokes all the time. Yeah, because then it's like, well, if you had that like fun loose tone the whole time, I probably would have liked it more if it was more goofy. Um. But it, when it is goofy, it's funny. When it's scary, it's scary. Um, so, yeah, it's fine. Uh, that is also a Blumhouse movie, and so is the next one. It's The Lazarus Effect, number 96. This is another movie with a phenomenal cast. Mark Duplass, Olivia Wilde, Evan Peters, Donald Glover, and Ray Wise are in mm. this movie. And Sarah Bolger, who I don't know, but she's one of the main characters, so I feel like I have to mention her. Um, this is another Blumhouse movie. It sticks to the Blumhouse formula. Um, low budget. Um, higher than most Blumhouse movies, though. Um, obviously made its budget back because it had a decent cast. And um, I was I'm like, bummed, but at the same time, this was a movie where like. I think I tweeted when this movie came out after I watched it that I would love to see Evan Peters become the male equivalent of a scream queen. <laughs> like I want to I want to see Evan Peters as I we've already mentioned on this podcast how good he is as Quicksilver. I would love to just watch him be in a bunch of different horror movies. Like I he seems like a person who fits in a horror movie universe. Yeah. <laughs> and so this movie has some interesting stuff but like ultimately it's the horror elements are stupid and it, it doesn't really make any sense, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Um, and it ends with this like weird ending and I don't really understand what it wanted to say. Um, 
so yeah, that's it. It's it's one of those movies that kind of wastes its cast by not giving them anything to do. Yeah. And it's a shame. Uh, yeah. And yeah, God, it's got a really good cast, but it just <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do anything with them. Yeah. Um, number ninety five is Chappie. Um, oh, Chappie. Had such high hopes for that film. Oh yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> it's 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 sucks because District Nine's so good, and Neil Blomkamp looked like he was just gonna fucking take over the world of sci-fi. And he's now made three movies, and they've the they've gotten consecutively worse. Um, I the reason why there's one specific thing about Chappie hmm. that is a recommendation from me because the movie doesn't work, um, doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chappie's an annoying character. Um, Nobody like a lot of people do things that don't make any sense and are very stupid. Mm. Um, but Hugh Jackman's character is so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's this. Uh, there's a moment, so he walks around. He was like always wearing these like tan shorts. Yeah, and he's like over aggressive like rugby guy. Yeah, and he gets in um, Slumdog Millionaire's face, and uh, is over aggressive <laughs> because he's got this big dumb robot. That he that doesn't make any. He's like it's a big militarized robot, and he's trying to sell it to the Johannesburg um, police department, and they don't want it, and they don't have any need for it. It's way too expensive for them, and he's like sad <laughs> because he's like he's, his whole. He's like this is what you need, and it doesn't make any sense why anyone would would need that in this yeah. situation. Unfortunately, it shares far too much DNA with RoboCop to be considered yeah. its own movie. Oh, it looks. His thing even looks like it looks the, like um, Ed two hundred nine. Yeah, yeah. And but here's the the funniest thing about there's a scene where he goes to the, he he like works in this warehouse where he like works on this thing and he's separate from everybody else. And at one point he like goes into the bathroom. His name is Vincent, I think. Yeah. Um, and there's this part where he like goes into the bathroom. And he's splashing water in his face and looking at himself in the mirror. And there's like this little taped off section on the counter, and it says it's got a sign that says Vincent's stuff. And it's just like a, a collection of knickknacks, like, like a, like a little mug and like a toothbrush and stuff, and it's adorable. <laughs> and I can't hate his character because he's such a like a whiny, aggressive baby. <laughs> and then I see that, and I'm like, oh, that's really cute. <laughs> and your little shorts, oh man, Hugh Jackman's great and chappy. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Um, 94 is uh I don't this might be one that you saw. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh this one's Insidious Chapter 3. I haven't no. I've seen okay. Insidious. Um we talked about Insidious and I think Insidious 2 on um Erie International recently, but I only watched the first chapter. Um so this this is a movie is that is a prequel to the first Insidious. And so that's already a problem because Insidious 1 and 2 have like this escalating connected plot line and Insidious 3 is set like right before that and is completely inconsequential to that storyline. Yeah. Um one of the things that landed it in this spot for me is 
uh, in the first Insidious movie, they established that this other realm that people can travel to, the spirit world, is called the Further. And there's a scene where, um, you know, they come in and, and uh, the lady, the old lady, whose name I can't remember, um, who's like one of the main characters in this movie, um, she talks about, oh, it's the Further... Um, that's where all the ghosts are, whatever. And she like explains the whole thing to everybody in the first insidious movie. Mm. And then the second movie, they explore it more. And then in this movie, there's a part where she's like saying, okay, so we're going to have a little seance and we're going to get a, we're going to go in and we're going to try to rescue her in this other place. And some guy goes, well, what's the other place called? And she goes, "Mm, let's call it the further. (laughs) I was like, wait, so you just made that up. You have no reason to call it that. You just like went, mm, that that sounds cool. Yeah. Let's just call it that. That's your origin to that. And I, I love how like, throwaway that sounds. It's so dumb. It's like, why, why would you? It's just, it's. She goes, I don't know. Let's just call it the further. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just to add a little bit of kind of, um, because I I did see Insidious recently, as yeah. I said, and when she said, I like to refer to it as the further. I did kind of roll my eyes and say, of course you do. You have to have a stupid name for everything in these right. movies. I actually love the fact that you they have like acknowledged... That you just made it up? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. It actually makes me like the name a lot more because it was just half-assed, just thrown together last second. Like, literally, it was just the first thing that came into her head. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's good. That's good. I but can it, see why it's also it, bad. It's but... things, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, well, if I'm writing an origin story and I'm like, well, why do I call it the further? And I like need a reason. Maybe she's like, well, we need to go further, uh, yeah. the further, and further just, into your shorthand. own consciousness or something. Um, I don't and know, maybe yeah. it could it could naturally be that. Like she goes, we gotta go, we gotta go. For I don't know, but instead it's just I don't know. I call it the further. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, it wasn't like she had, this was the first time she had thought of calling it something. He's just like, you can tell she's making it up because she's just like, uh, the further. (laughs) (laughs) It's very dumb. Uh, number 93 is the gift. Oh man. Now I absolutely loved the gift. Okay. And I'm kind (laughs) of disappointed that it's as low on your list. Although you have seen an awful lot of movies. Right, and but this is it is really low on the list because I didn't like it, and that is a uh, contrary opinion because yeah. this was a pretty popular movie. Um, I just I didn't like it, and I think the reason ultimately I didn't like this movie is not at the fault of anybody. I think Jason Bateman's really good in it. Mm. Um, I think Joel Edgerton does a, a really good job as director. Oh. I just feel like to me this the way this movie goes down, it's really, it like wants you to do this twist where you, you sympathize. I, I'm not really sure who I'm, that's the thing. I don't know who it wants me to sympathize with. Jason Bateman's kind of a bad person, hmm. but Joel Edgerton's actually terrible. I mean, he is. Um, I I think that the reason why you're supposed to sympathise with Joel Edgerton's character is more because of the fact that he is a product of Jason Bateman's bullying, 
And right. so when you see the film in when when you think about the whole thing in retrospect, when you're able to put everything together and you know the full story, everything that Edgerton's character does, as bad as it is, it's still understandable when you look at it through the prism of like, Except it's not because he's not ruining he he's not attacking Jason Bateman, he's doing something shitty to his wife who didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And it's supposed to torture Jason Bateman, but it's it's not like Jason Bateman did something to somebody that Joel Edgerton loves, and that's why he's getting revenge. Mm. Jason Bateman did something shitty to Joel Edgerton, and Joel Edgerton is taking it out on his wife, and that's really yeah. fucked up, and I couldn't Although, get behind it. No, no, I understand that. And yeah, I, it was I, one of those things when the, when the movie ended, I was like, that's really fucked up, and I don't... Yeah. I've, I don't I think, like it. I think maybe the the idea is that nobody is particularly likable in this movie, even to an extent. Like the the wife, kind of. I haven't watched this movie since like February. She doesn't do anything though to deserve. She doesn't. What she, no, happens no, she to her. And also, much, Jason but... Bateman is like saying the whole time that he's not a he's a bad person, and he turns out to be right, even though he is also revealed to have had a part in what created him as a bad person. Yeah. I, I don't it's think that like, you're ever asked. It's one of those things where it's like, well, you're not justified. Yeah. Neither one of them are justified. It's, it's very weirdly shades of gray, but it's in a way that I feel like I'm really, it really left a bad taste in my mouth the yeah. way that it did. And I think that's why it's so low. I, yeah. I mean, I, I never felt I think it has moments that are really good. It yeah. just didn't work. I, I never felt that I was expected to forgive Edgerton's character for anything, so much as there was certainly um, a, a certain amount of wiggle room there where they could kind of argue that even though Edgerton implies to Bateman's character, I drugged your missus and I may or may not be the father of her child... Mm-hmm. there's enough wiggle room there where, and again, going on the memories of a movie that I watched a while ago, and you probably watched it even longer ago than I did, so you know it's no excuse for me. Um, I don't think there's ever any actual concrete proof. Jesus Christ, I just got scared shitless by something I'm watching on telly. <laughs> um, it, Night of the Creeps. Uh, it's okay. really fucked up. Um, that It never gives you any concrete proof that he actually did the deed. Um, it he just insinuates it through kind of like uh, video recordings of her uh, unconscious on the couch and him putting her there and but, the fact that he had access. But at the end of the day, whether or not he raped her, he still drugged her. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It did really yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit to her. No, he, like, yes, he did. He did. But in <sighs> that's like inexcusable yeah. to me. Like I just like I don't give a shit. Yeah, and, I know. I that's fucked up. That I mean, maybe you're just and, being asked to. Um, to to just decide between the lesser of two evils. Right, it, yeah. And, yeah. And to me, it's like, at the end of the day, the end of the movie, I thought, was so... Like, to me, I was like, that's... I It lost me at the end. Mm-hmm. I, if it, the twist maybe would have been something different, is it, whatever happened at the end of the movie, I was like, I don't... It left me with a bad taste in my mouth, and that's yeah. why it's so low. But this it's is not um, that it was. It's not that it was poorly made. No, it was, no, no. It's it, I mean, it's a wonderfully like, made movie. I, I, I can understand why you put it as low as you did. Um, it's a challenging movie for sure. And I, this is an example. You know where we were talking earlier about like the whole kind of good twin, bad twin thing. Uh-huh. 
this is kind of along the same lines where there isn't really a happy ending because apart from the wife there isn't any really kind of clearly defined good character and she doesn't get a happy ending that's for sure Mm -hmm. um but it's it's a film that i watched i enjoyed i felt challenged by it and I think I kind of it's higher up on my list like personally if I was to put a list together it would be higher up than it is on on your own but that's a matter of personal opinion um I think we can both agree that it is a really well made film yeah it's not um, a badly made no, film it's no, just no. that 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 the way it ends... it's just the the way that the story was and I was also and... expecting it to have like a really solid ending to like wrap everything up, and then like and it didn't. I it it didn't, and it really mm. left me with a bad taste in my mouth. So okay. that's why it's so no. Loud. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. It's a surprise that it's there, but um, I can understand the every, reasons. Every every list has outliers. Yeah, like of course. I have spoilers for <laughs> the future. Um, I have the Poltergeist remake surprisingly high on my list because I just really enjoyed it. Okay. And that was a really poorly received movie. But to me, I liked it. It was fun. So it, it's a lot higher on my list than most people would have it yeah. on their list. Yeah. I mean, I've, just, I've heard... It's personal preference. Art Mate... is subjective. Yeah, and of course. I've... As much as we like to argue about uh, specific movies... Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have uh, heard... We can always agree that like, Ma- it's not like it's there's one definitive answer. Yeah. I don't know if maybe I'm moving in slightly more horrier... Uh, horrier. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Horror-orientated circles, and that might be why. But I've actually heard mainly positive things about the remake. So, yeah, it, it doesn't really surprise me. Actually, like maybe overall it hasn't been received that well, but from yeah, it's it's one of those things where I, granted, I I wasn't somebody who like watched the Poltergeist original original movie when I was a kid. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have any um, attachment to it. Yeah, which I think is a, is a thing. I think people like might not like it just because it's not exactly the same, or you know, they like the original so much that it just doesn't work for them like seeing a new version of it. But like, I like. The, the things that really worked for it, like Sam Rockwell is really great, and I think that they add this really cool subplot um, that I think really works well to the whole movie. So I just thought it was really done well and fun. The guy who made it was actually the guy who directed Monster House. Um, and it was produced by um, Sam Raimi. Hmm. So it's got that like fun horror vibe. And this year, in particular, it was one of the only fun horror movies that I saw. Yeah. And I think that was why I liked it so much. It was because, like, we were talking about how Unfriended took itself too seriously. It wasn't fun. Point Break wasn't fun. Mm. And, like, and um, this one was the one that was, like, it was fun. It was scary yeah. and fun. Yeah. And I had a good time watching it. You Do know? you think it might have suffered because of the fact that it's a remake of a, a really beloved yeah, film, and maybe people were expecting too much of it, and it suffered critically as a result. Or that it was like it's something like the Ghostbusters movie, where it, that's going to be polarizing no matter what, just because they're making a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Even if it wasn't all female, even if it wasn't, if it was good or bad, people aren't going to like it because it's not the same. Hmm. Um, so that's just it, and it's and and maybe. Maybe it's not bad. Maybe it is, and I I just enjoyed it. But you know, the, like I said, subjective. So yeah. Um, the next movie though was I thought so terrible, and this is the movie that um 
I believe the, it, the I'll look it up for sure, but I believe the Spanish version of this film with the original uh, won the Academy Award for uh, best foreign film. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, here, let me see. It is based on a 2009 Argentinian film um, that won the Oscar for best foreign feature at the 82. Uh, 82nd Academy Awards. Okay, well, so. national language of Argentina is Spanish, so yeah, so you're, on, yeah, you're along right. the right lines. <laughs> um, it's called The Secret in Their Eyes. Okay. And it is a movie with... I'm going to read the cast again, because this has been a recurring theme. Uh, Chichua Ejiofor, Nicole Kidman, Julia Roberts, Dean Norris, um, Alfred Molina, um... Yeah, it's good. Good cast for Sounds the most part. Sounds very good. Yeah, and uh, it is um, basically the plot of the movie is that it jumps back and forth between um, this murder investigation that happened. Basically, Chichwell Edgewell and Julia Roberts worked together on this task force, and um, her daughter is found like dead. In a oh, trash can. Jesus. Yeah. What, like, right outside, like, a mosque that they're investigating. It's like a terrorism thing. And then, like, years later, Chicho Olajuwon, like, goes to reopen the case because he thinks he can figure out who did it. So it goes back and forth. The problem is nobody looks – like, Julia Roberts looks, like, really, like, haggard in the forward scenes than she does in the flashbacks. But other than that, it's really difficult to tell. Like, Dean Norris's character has a limp. And then he gets the limp in the in like in the flashbacks, but because it jumps back and forth, it's impossible to tell when the, the scenes are happening. Oh Jesus! And um, at the same time, the uh, the whole twi- the twist of the movie is that Chicho Adjo Four is trying to find the guy who did this thing to Julia Roberts. She's she's like let it go and he's like no I gotta do it and then eventually he finds out that the reason why she wants to let it go is because she actually captured the guy who did it for real and has been keeping him prisoner in her backyard for this entire time Hmm. and that's the big twist at the end of the movie and um it's just real fucked up but the movie is so like poorly made that uh, honestly, I think it probably deserves to be lower than uh, some of the movies that we've talked about because mm-hmm. it's one of those I don't have anything good to say about it because it's so poorly done. Like it just doesn't hit any of the marks it's supposed to hit. Yeah. Um. It's I was bored almost instantly. This is a true story. So I went to um the Dollar Theater in my town. So it's like three bucks to see a movie, and I went at the end of the night to see this. Um and I was about 20 minutes in and then I tried to leave and go see the Martian again, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was still playing there. Uh, Cause I was like, this is really boring and I, I kind of want to see Chichua Legend before in a better movie. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave and go see the Martian. And they're like, you can't. So I was like, okay. So I would just watch the rest of it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it probably should be lower than I put it, but um, it, it it's, yeah, it's bad. Uh, yeah, not good. Um, 
the next one is another Blumhouse movie, but this time with a powerhouse director, M. Night Shyamalan. Um, it's The Visit. Ah, yes. Did you see The Visit? I did not see it, no. I, I really need to. Is The Gift the only one you've seen on the list? Or you saw some of Pixels, right? I saw The Loft, part of it. I saw yeah. some of Pixels. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's uh, I've, I've been quite lucky so far. Yeah. Um, that's what, that was the whole point of this experiment, was I was going to see a bunch of movies, no matter if they were good or bad. I just had to go see them. Yeah. Um, so, The Visit is... Um, it's a found footage movie. It is technically the best M. Night Shyamalan movie that he's made in a while, but at the same time, he has made a lot of bad movies. His track record's been real poor hmm. for a while now. But this movie is um, basically, so these two kids go and visit their grandparents on a farm, and they're recording the whole thing, and their parents act, their grandparents act real weird. And um, I will probably watch this movie at some point. So just to warn sure, you, I you should. want you want me to, to if if not we spoil it? I mean, I know there's a twist in there because it's a Shyamalan yeah. movie, but let's try and keep the nature of the, the twist. I will say this: the twist is one that I did not see coming, and it's one of those like when it happens, you go, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> Sounds and about right. It's definitely worthwhile for that. I think that it's. I don't think it's a very long movie. It's a very silly movie. A lot of the 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 little boy in it. There's a girl and a boy. Yeah. The boy raps all the time. He's like a white kid. I've heard he, of this. He, yes. He raps. <laughs> and it's not. It's not terrible. It has some really interesting moments and some good parts. It actually has near the end of the movie, maybe legitimately the funniest scene I've seen in that year. Um, I don't know. It's real funny. And it's intentionally funny. Um, which is really a nice change of pace. Like it, it, It's from the happening, which seems like it was completely unintentionally funny. Yeah. This movie seems like there's a scene, one in particular, that is like, like really, truly made me laugh really hard. Um, and it's also at the same time, like really intense and a little scary, but it's still like legitimately funny. So, um, it's not that bad. It's, but it's not like, you know, super great. And then we're going to end our list on number 90, which is pan. Not surprising. I, yeah, I, I didn't have very high hopes for this movie coming into it. And that was before the whole whitewashing controversy even became a thing. Um, Yeah, Peter Pan has not had a very happy history of cinematic, um, apart from Hook, which personally is probably my favourite and probably the only decent... And very not well-received critically. A lot of people love Hook, but it is uh, not a very critically acclaimed movie. Which no, I think is funny. Which is strange because it's Spielberg. Like he does not do yeah. duds, uh, but apparently he does. <laughs> yeah, no, it's one of those things where it's like it just so happened. Like I, I don't, re- I, I can't argue if Hook's good or bad. I, for one, I haven't seen it since I was younger. Hmm. But it's one of those things where so many people love it, 
that like I think it's just a good movie in a way that like even if it wasn't uh well received when it came out, people still enjoy it enough that it like works. Yeah. Um but Pan is completely bonkers. Um it is an insane movie. Uh Joe Wright directed it. Um who I will give him a lot of credit. So his whole thing is that he made Hannah. Yes. And he made uh he made so his movies are Pride and Prejudice, Atonement, The Soloist, Hannah, and Anna Karenina. Karina? No? Yeah. Um so you would have thought out of all of those movies, Hannah was kind of like Hannah's a really weird one in comparison yeah. to the rest of those movies. Well, like and he's... so is Anna Karenina. It looks on paper like a pretty straightforward movie, but if you actually watch it, he, it's weird. And in a cool way, like he does interesting stuff. Uh, I think he's a really decent director. Mm. I think that this movie is really fucking weird. And I think that the stuff that he does, that it's really interesting, it's kind of few and far between. The mm. two weirdest things about this movie. Um, one, uh, it is a... Uh, so, basically, the Jolly Roger is a ship that is pirated by Blackbeard, played by Hugh Jackman, mm. um, who uses... Like, the fairies are, like, gone for the most part, so he use, he kidnaps children... And brings him to Neverland to work in a mind to get fairy dust out so he could use it to prevent himself from aging. Because hmm. he's actually really old. But also his ship can not only like fly, but can also go through time. So all of his all of these children that he's kidnapped are from all over the timeline. Hmm. And the way that they prove this to you is that um, they have a chant. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, no, I remember. I think I might have mentioned this before. Yeah, yeah, um, I remember this. Wasn't it Wild Boys? Mm, or something along those lines? Like, no, it's, it it's smells a, like Teen Spirit. That's right. Oh, yeah. God, yes. Um, and that's th- there's another one in it, too. I, I remember there was, was like an 80s or 90s motif with the songs that they were chanting. Yeah, uh, and it's really weird. <laughs> um, and, like, I'm trying to remember all the exact details. I was hoping Wikipedia would have, like, what they sang, but it doesn't really say. So I feel like if you just read this, you wouldn't really get the full extent of how weird it is. Mm. Um, but the thing that is the we- legitimately the weirdest, I was talking about, oh, it smells like Teen Spirit and the Blitzkrieg Bop. And those <sighs> are the only, they only do it twice. <laughs> so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's what's weird about this. Um, Garrett Hedlund plays, um, James Hook, who will become Captain Hook at some point. Mm. This movie ends in, like, the way I kind of want all these X-Men movies to end, like, with, with, I want, I want to see these movies just be, like, if the, I want to see Charles and, um, uh, what's Magneto's name? Um, Eric. Eric. 
I kind of want to see them just be friends for a while. Yeah. Like, I know they're going to be, be like villains and they're going to be enemies eventually down the line, but I kind of like, I just want to see them be friends for a while, you know? This movie shows Peter and Hook teaming up and being friends throughout the whole movie, and it ends with them still friends, and there's like a line that, oh, you think we'll ever get tired of each other or hate each other? And they're like, ah, no. We're going to be best buds forever, you know? And it's like, no. You know, eventually you're going to hate each other, but that's like really far down the line, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about Garrett Hedlund playing Hook, uh, I'm going to do an impression of him and what he sounds like. Every line that he says in the movie, he says in this cadence. <laughs> and it's really weird. Yeah. Because he's the only person who's making that kind of acting choice. <laughs> and it is bizarre. You watch any scene in the movie, he talks like that. Um, It's very weird. There is enough weird things where I feel like if you watch some clips of this movie, you'll get the gist of it. You don't have to watch the whole thing because it's weird and long. But, yeah, it's a weird movie. It's very strange. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's the bottom 20. Damn. Well, have I have I sold you on any of them? Are there any of the movies that you're no, like? No, you've you've saved me from an awful lot of them. In fairness, um, I I do want to watch the visit. Um, I think it's, worth it. I I, think it's yeah. not terrible. Some of these movies, even though they're this bad, I feel like, or like this low on the list, I don't think they're without merit. I think that some of them have some decent things about them. Mm, yeah, not the very bottom. Like the bottom five are terrible. Um. I think starting with Jupiter Ascending, you can get something out of them, you know? Yeah. But uh, Hope, Mordecai, The Gallows, The Gunman, The Loft, and Paul Blart 2 are terrible. Yeah, I, more, more I wouldn't the, recommend them at all. Mordecai, I don't think there's anything that would ever make me watch that movie. Um, it's just, it doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. I mean, I guess Paul Bettany as kind of like the able-bodied oh, assistant yeah, actually, would be like, a good thing. He's, he's fun. I like Yeah, him. like that might be a reason to watch it, but outside of that, I really honestly can't think of any reason why I'd want to. Um, but yeah, I, that seems like a, a pretty good start, and we'll continue to count down on this list of your uh, worst to uh, best movies of 2015. Yeah, we've got um event what's funny is like eventually I feel like there's a point where um you would think that with 109 movies um that like number f- 56 or something or like yeah. even in the 60s are going to be bad, you know? Mm. But I would say that my I would say that, like, once the lowest, what's the lowest movie that I, like, truly enjoyed? Um, I would say that, like, number 69 or 70. <laughs> of oh course, my God. 69. I, spoiler, spoiler alert. I didn't even realize this in my list. I'm just looking back, and I can't think of anything more perfect. Number 69 is Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I can't oh, believe you perfect. put it that high up. It's not because it's not like terrible. It's not good, but it's not like mm. it's not a. It's like the source material is bad, but as a movie, it's not like it's a decently made movie. 
and the script in the movie actually, despite the fact that it several times actually um, rips directly from the script in the worst way. In a way that, like, whenever the movie has to, like, reference something that happened in the book or, like, it takes a line from the book, um, the direction gets bad, the acting gets bad, um, the dialogue is obviously terrible. Like, everything about the movie, like, shuts down for a second and is terrible. And then it goes back to, like, being fine. Hmm. And occasionally the the script actually, like, references the problems in the book, like contradictions that don't make any sense from the characters in a, like, kind of winky way, not to the audience, but, like, in a way that it's, like, ye, like, to me, for someone who was, like, if this was a script where it's, like, just straightforward presented, I would be, like, this is really stupid. But then when the movie is, like, yeah, I know it's stupid, but... Mm-hmm you know, we got to make this movie because people wanted to see it. So I'm like letting you know that I know it's stupid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I gave it credit. So I would say really around like 69, 70 is there's the movies I think are still okay. It's not until after that where the movies start to get like, to have like enough problems that I wouldn't say that they're good, you know? Mm, yeah. Well, barring any, um, anything else coming up that we need to talk about and, and argue about, that seems to be what we do is mainly just argue. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's funny. It's only superhero movies that we argue about. Well, it's, it's only, only superhero it's movies like... that we talk about, really. Yeah, that's true. So um, yeah, I I think that um, you know, barring anything else coming up in the near future that we need to talk about, uh, we shall probably be hitting that magic number of sixty-nine fairly soon. So um, <laughs> I think that's as good a time as any to draw a line under it. We're nearing three hours. Uh, again, this could go up in one whole lump, or it might go up into separate podcasts Man, haven't made up really, my mind yet like <laughs> you would think that after recording generation animation and like being this late that we would like yeah you'd think i'd be tired this long it's quarter past three in the morning i'm i'm happy to keep going well actually no probably no, not you should probably but, go to bed, but... yeah probably but anyway um for if, anyone if time wasn't a factor oh we could probably yeah. just get your whole list out of the way and you never know maybe next time if there's nothing else to talk about we can just get power through the rest of that list yeah. but until then i'm going to bid a a good evening or a good morning or a good afternoon to Whatever everyone to us. exactly to anyone that's been watching uh, watching no you haven't been watching but you have been listening hopefully and um, we've given you an awful lot of bullshit to digest today and uh, thanks for putting up with it until next time I've been Dave you've been Tyler mm-hmm. see you next time good night or day or afternoon that's it <laughs> <laughs>